0: Log Talk Radio.
1: See what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan.
2: Thank you, Justine, and welcome, Sarah Ellen. Hi,
4: Susan. How are you this evening?
2: I am tip-top. How about you?
4: Oh, I am doing very well, thanks. What are you up to? Oh, um, today I made a a lot of well I actually jarred tomato sauce today that I have been making
2: right. um, for jars. Did, yes. did you can it did you do a water bath canning
4: no I I need to I am I have I don't know I'm hesitant I, since I haven't done that before and I would just love to have uh-huh. someone here with me so when to you do say it, you jarred so that, it
2: you put it in jars and then where did you put the jars
4: in the freezer
2: oh Okay. I just don't think of freezing jars. But why not?
4: Right. Uh, Right. I did not fill them all the way up is what I did because I didn't want all these tomatoes to go bad. We have so many lovely, delicious tomatoes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, everybody
5: out there lives around me and knows how and wants to jar, you know, let's get in touch.
0: I got the tomatoes. <laughs> um, how
6: about you? What did you, uh, do you?
2: That's great. <laughs> well, all of mine that the woodchuck ate are totally in flower and covered with green tomatoes. But I just checked Ooh. the weather and it, the nighttime temperature is not supposed to go below 50 for the next two weeks.
0: Nine. So who knows?
2: Perhaps I will have a little tomato this year. but not just right. a fat woodchuck.
0: Aww.
2: Aww. Mm. <laughs> we had a great weekend. Nice. We had, on Saturday, we talked about seeds. It's a new class. I haven't offered it before, but I've wanted to. So it's kind of a, a COVID room special since I chose not to. Even think about traveling this year. That left me room for some new classes, and I've always wanted to teach class about seeds, and I have so much to say about seeds. You probably remember that I actually started teaching in order to get shoes for Justine, and that the first class that I ever taught was the best bread you ever ate. You make it yourself with love.
0: Hmm.
2: And I started that class by talking about seeds, in general and wheat in particular because wheat is a seed. And it's right, it's always been one of the things, I have nothing against permaculture, but the original idea was that our food should come from permanent plantings because agriculture with annual plants is where a lot of the herbicides and pesticides are used. Nonetheless, seeds, in the form especially of grain, including rice, wheat, and corn, all of which are seeds, the part that we eat, and bean seeds, including lentils and lima beans and peanuts, which are annual crops, produce most of the food for the world. mm
0: yeah. Yeah. Right. It's Grain and
2: beans. So- a classic yeah. combination everywhere in the world. And they're both annual crops. They're both seeds. So mm-hmm. we talked a lot about seeds. And I told the class that I was conflicted. I said, I set my schedule up every year around Thanksgiving. And I leave the last weekend of September open for my hometown's garlic festival the Socrates garlic festival which is a pretty big garlic festival but this year some other event booked ahead of them into their regular time slot and so they had to offset to this past weekend the first weekend of October which I had scheduled classes so I could leave the previous weekend open Mm. and so I told class I wasn't just conflicted about not being able to go to the garlic festival because I could get over that but my granddaughter was performing with the Arm of the Sea Theater at the Garlic Festival. Oh, oh so that is
4: important.
2: I asked them if I could teach double fast in the morning and then we could have lunch and go to the Garlic Festival, and that's what we did. We picked nettle. We made nettle soup. I taught about seeds, and the things that we didn't do were the things that take time. We didn't go out and harvest and pick a bunch of seeds. I had already harvested um, the tops of lambs, quarter, and amaranth, which I'd had drying for two weeks so that we could get the seeds out of those plants and then winnow the seeds and make them ready for cooking so they could go through that whole process, and we did that. Uh, But we didn't actually go out and harvest anything, which would have taken time. And then we picked our wild salad, and we had lunch. And off we went to the garlic festival, and we were running down the big, long, 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 long half-mile aisle of all the garlic to get to to the stage. And sure enough, we got there pretty much just as they were starting. And you know what they were talking about? What? Seeds.
7: I didn't
5: want to say it because it sounded too obvious and the class looked at me and said
2: you put us up to this and I said I had no idea really she didn't tell me at all (laughs) the theater piece was about corn and garlic oh my goodness so it was really it was just a perfect day in every way and everybody in class said yeah I wanted to go to the garlic festival too oh my gosh so it wasn't like they were just Coming because I wanted them to. It was something that everybody wanted to do. And then we had a huge class on Sunday as I was talking about psychoactive plants. Now we did um not exactly ground and harvest psychoactive plants, but we mm. did walk to mm. the Lobelia patch. Mm. Mhm. And we nice. sat around well, actually, we couldn't really sit because it was kind of wet on Sunday. We stood around in the Lobelia batch, and I invited anybody who wanted to, to taste some of the Lobelia. Have you been here and interfaced with Lobelia, the fresh Lobelia, that way, for eating it?
4: Oh, I have not had the opportunity to do it there. I have been there when another apprentice was I'm going to be doing that, and Oh, wow. I know that it's a treasure to Key and blessed enough
7: yet.
2: (laughs) And uh, to me, ideal is to eat a single blossom. Mm. But But, yo, it's October. We were lucky there was still a blossom there so we could see it. And we talked about how the seed pods can make you throw up. And the class was, oh, gosh, at least a third men. And they are, you know, like taking off the seed pods and opening them up and looking like, at the seeds and chewing on them. So And we got that wonderful classic reaction from one of the men, his whole face flushed red.
4: Oh my goodness. Oh gosh. Hardly because
2: the energy of the lobelia really goes up to your third eye and up to your crown chakra. But also mm. because It super-oxygenates the blood. There's something about lobelia that helps the blood take in more oxygen. It's considered a specific against carbon monoxide poisoning.
4: Oh, that's fascinating.
2: So That's, I think, part of what makes makes some people's faces red. They have to be pretty light-skinned for you to see it, but you can really see it in a light-skinned person. Wow. So we did actually, you know, harvest and ingest some psychoactive plants during the day. This was after I showed them the Encyclopedia of Psychoactive Plants, which is, I think, one of the heaviest, and I do not mean that as a pun, books in my library. I think it runs about 700 pages. Mm. Oh, wow. That's big. Basically, every family of plants everywhere in the world has one or more members that are mind-altering. We talked uh-huh. about psilocybin. We talked about peyote. We talked about LSD. We talked about the difference between what's called the full entourage and drugs. And you remember that there was this split at the uh psychedelic conference that I went to in Tucson in 2019, at the end of 2019, that about 90% of the people believed, thought, had evidence to support their beliefs and their thoughts that the full spectrum cannabis
1: products
0: Mm
2: -hmm. were preferable to pure CBD, pure THC. Mhm mhm and there was an even further split from the pure group and that was drugs made from the isolated individual constituents
0: mm-hmm.
2: and that's what's happening a drug has been made you know Cannabis can stop seizures in children. It's a very hard thing to control. And it's so effective that families of kids with seizure disorders are literally moving to Colorado because it was the first state to legalize. And now there's a drug, a drug made from a constituent of cannabis that stops childhood seizures. Hmm. Wow. And similarly, psilocybin is being used therapeutically. But what it is is psilocybin, not psilocybin mushrooms. It's the alkaloid, Right?
4: Right. Definitely a different experience. Not to say one is better or worse. They're just different. Definitely different.
2: So we had a lot to talk about, and wow. we had a wonderful day. And in Very many ways, nice. the conversation that it just opens doors; it doesn't shut any.
4: Yeah, in so many ways. There's a few puns in there, right?
2: <laughs> yes, right. <there are. laughs> <laughs> We have a guest tonight, Jonah Rue Roberts, an herbalist and soul guide. She wants to help women become strong, resourced, resilient, and deep in conversation with mystery come back at nine o'clock or stick with this until then and you can hear what jonah rue roberts has to say about women developing a deep and personal interrelationship with the green nations do we have any callers
4: Yes, we do. We have three callers that have already pressed one. They are lined up in the queue. I'll remind everyone else listening, if you have a question tonight, please press one so that you get yourself in line in the queue. Our first caller tonight is calling from the 215 area code. From the 215, you are live with Susan.
7: Hi, Susan.
4: Hi.
7: I was just curious how to preventatively help cats against kicks and fleas um, especially since they lick themselves to clean themselves?
2: It's a really difficult question, isn't it? Where do you live? Philadelphia. Okay, so you live in a city environment. Yes. The
7: area that I'm in in the city, though, does have a lot of you know Trees, garden,
2: shrubs. So when you go out walking, how likely is it that you will come home with a tick?
7: I don't think likely for a tick.
2: Okay. So how many ticks have you found on your cats?
7: None. I'm a new pet owner in the last
2: year. Okay. So I'm trying to learn. Well, what I'm establishing here is that in most urban areas, ticks are not a problem.
8: hmm
2: When you say you're in an urban area, do you have like a yard that the cats will be going out in? Or are they going to be house cats? Or do you take them out for walks? Tell me a little more.
7: A house cat, I would like to take her outside for a little walk. Um, but I haven't just because I don't really know what I'm doing yet in terms of, you know, fleas and I don't want anything to happen to her.
2: I hear you. When you walked her, if you did, where would you go? What would that environment be like?
7: Um, it would just be a sidewalk with um trees you know there there are um tr- curbside trees, and that would really only be where these, I don't, es-
2: these don't especially like trees mhm, and ticks rarely live in trees, okay, so my sense from what you're telling me is that the likelihood of your cat coming into contact with fleas or ticks by being taken on a walk is quite small. Okay. In fact, virtually negligible.
7: And what about... And you you
2: would be being a conscientious... And good um, cat person, if you didn't poison your cat out of fear of what might happen, which is what the vet will suggest that you do.
0: Mm -hmm.
7: Gardening in the backyard, you know, being unsure what I could bring in with me.
2: It's pretty unlikely that you would bring fleas into the house with you.
5: Okay.
2: Human fleas are extinct and so the fleas that could possibly be in your backyard, I wouldn't say they're not there but I would say again that it's not a big likelihood because, like everything else, they need to make a living, right? And I'm mm-hmm. going to suspect that your backyard and the place of your garden is just not a place that would be attractive to fleece. Okay. Yeah, does that make sense to you? It does. Yeah. And what a wonderful companion your pet has, who's so careful and conscientious about their well-being and their health. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. No, it's very, very kind and generous, your thoughtfulness. Thank you. You're welcome. And, And you don't have anything to worry about. Isn't that great? Yeah. All right. You did your worrying. Now you can drop it and enjoy your time outside in your garden and with your pet.
7: All right. Thank you.
2: You're welcome. Read blessings. Good night.
4: All right. And we have three callers that have queued up by pressing one. And our next caller is calling from the eight four three area code. From the eight four three, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan.
2: Hi.
9: I'm very excited to connect with you. I'm uh, a new listener and was recently introduced to you from a friend who gave me your book, The Childbearing Year, and I've been reading it and, and taking notes. And um, my my question for you is um, around childbearing, as you might have guessed. I have a very healthy two-and-a-half-year-old who was born in the beginning of 2019, Um, And a year after she was born, we started trying for number two. Um, Early in 2020, I had a a chemical pregnancy, didn't even know I was pregnant, just thought I had a really long period, went to the doctor, turned out I I had been pregnant and miscarried. Um, And then that same year, 2020, uh, not too far into the pandemic, I um, was pregnant again and uh, went to the doctor, had an ultrasound there wasn't a heartbeat um and a week later I, I miscarried so put put the um the idea of having another kid on pause just really focused last year on on you know trying to get settled we were up in the Catskills, uh really enjoying things and uh started to to try again this year and uh, and uh everything was going well had all of those morning sickness and tiredness symptoms Um, and uh, went to my doctor. We saw a heartbeat. um, As a preventative measure, she put me on progesterone. um, A couple weeks later, I had what I thought was terrible food poisoning, was vomiting for for 12 hours, diarrhea. um, I didn't have any bleeding or cramping, just thought thought I was sick. A couple weeks later, I I went back to my doctor for a 10-week checkup, and there was nothing there. The fetus was gone. There was just a, a large sack left um, and uh, was, was quite, quite shocked and, and, of course, very sad. Um, and um, no, no real explanation of, of why now I've, I've had three miscarriages. Um, I do know, of course, as I mentioned. Been, How
2: old are you?
9: I um, am almost 38. I'll be 38 in November.
2: And how old is your husband?
9: He is 49.
2: I talk about maiden, mother, and crone and the beginning and the middle and end of each one. The beginning of the maiden is birth to five years old. The middle of the maiden is five to ten. And then the end of the maiden is ten to fifteen. The beginning of the mother is 15 to 25. The vast majority of women on this planet give birth to their children between the ages of 15 and 25. It is the ideal time to get pregnant and to give birth. And if you're shocked... Be aware that most women start to think about having kids sometime in their 30s, and if you're having your kids between the ages of 15 and 25, then grandma who's taking care of them is 30 or 40. Works out just fine. Your genetic material is fresh. It's ideal. Nearly every pregnancy takes and homes; It's fairly easy, and the rate of birth defects, so long as nutrition is adequate, is pretty low. The middle of the mother is 25 to 35. You can still get pregnant. It's harder. Pregnancy itself is more difficult. The rate of birth defects and the rate of miscarriage goes up. After 35, your genetic material is crap. And his is double crap. And you are fighting the wisdom of your body. Your body is not willing to invest itself in something that's not worthwhile. And so it's ditching them. It's common. It is so common that I knew exactly what to ask you, didn't I? Mm Mm-hmm. So you need to stop taking hormones, and you need to celebrate your body instead of thinking that it doesn't know what it's doing it knows far better than you do you or your husband eat a diet that is limited in any way
9: um uh limited just in in terms of trying to not eat a lot of processed foods not a lot of sugar um i've suspected that i have a a gluten intolerance so i i i you know cut gluten out um, but, but we have a, a pretty healthy diet.
2: okay, so, give me an example of what you ate for dinner.
9: Uh, for dinner tonight, we had roast chicken, broccoli, carrots, and some cauliflower rice.
2: Nice. And how long was the broccoli cooked?
9: Uh, I think it was cooked for 30 minutes in the oven.
2: Mhm. And the carrots?
9: Uh, it was cooked with the chicken, so probably an hour.
2: Good, 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 good. And there was no grain in your meal?
9: Uh, there wasn't.
2: <laughs> is that usual, that in getting um, rid of gluten, you have kicked grain out of your diet? This is a big mistake. Uh,
9: uh, I do. Eat, I eat like wild rice, um, quite a bit. But yeah, t- tonight we just have wild rice counter. and what are the grains? Um, sometimes farro, quinoa. Uh huh.
2: Do you have grain on a daily basis?
9: Um, is well, would I have oatmeal quite often? So yes.
2: Okay. It's a. It's a. We. I don't know if you at the beginning of the show, but I was rhapsodizing about seeds and especially the yeah. seeds of grass and that they are a real mainstay and especially for a woman past the age of 35 who wants to get pregnant whose blood sugar is going to be challenged by this. It is quite critical to have grains in the diet because they are the thing that most stabilizes blood sugar.
9: Okay, that's good to know.
2: Yeah, I think your idea about gluten intolerance is leading you down a path you do not want to go.
7: Mm.
9: Maybe being too restrictive?
2: Well, I don't know if you know, but I went through surgery in which they trashed my guts, and my mantra was no food foibles.
0: Mm.
2: No food foibles. I am not going to associate any pain or any symptom with any food of any kind because that's not what I want.
9: I, I like that. I think, I think um, I've started to become afraid of some
2: foods. Yes, I sense that. Yep. And you're both drinking nourishing herbal infusion on a daily basis, about a quarter a day?
9: Um, I, I have just started infusions. As I said, my, my friend recently introduced me. Um, so right. I, I started a red raspberry uh, leaf infusion, and, and my red clover flowers just arrived today. Um, so I, I've been having um, about a quart a day, and uh, my friend also recommended for my husband uh, uh, oat straw.
2: What I'd like for both of you is to rotate through five herbs. Okay. Stinging nettle, oat straw, red clover, comfrey leaf, very important for you, and linden Which one was flower. That? Comfrey leaf. Okay. And linden flower. If you would like to drink some raspberry tea, I have nothing against it. I don't think that raspberry infusion is very useful, truthfully. Okay. Okay. It's not very nutritive. It's quite astringent. It is a uterine tonic, but it works as a uterine tonic as a tea. So once you've drunk your quart of infusion, you want something else to drink. There's always raspberry tea that you can drink.
9: Okay. I will. I will add those others to to my rotation, and and for my Good. husband also.
2: For your husband also, it's not like. The Nourishing Herbal Infusions are something that you take because this Nourishing Herbal Infusion does this.
8: Mm.
2: I have been drinking at least a quart of Nourishing Herbal Infusion daily for 30 years with those five herbs. No matter what has been going on with me, I'm drinking those five herbs. And Uh, each each one has a tremendous amount of nourishment that it offers so that in a very short time when you're drinking the nourishing herbal infusions a lot of things in your body are able to reset themselves again I want you to remember that if you miscarry your body is doing what it needs to do and to praise it and try again, you're not having any problem getting pregnant. That's good, yeah, I know women in their fifties now, with kids just entering teenagehood who tried some of them seven to ten times.
9: Wow. I I really appreciate that that reminder that my body knows what it's doing, and it it meant that it wasn't a viable pregnancy. And instead of feeling like, I think I've been feeling like there's something wrong with me and sort of um, critical of my body instead of uh, celebrating. I think that's a really beautiful reminder.
2: Right. You are, according to modern medicine, a high-risk pregnancy. Yeah. You're not really high risk if you let your body decide which one to keep.
9: It knows.
2: You start letting them mess around and try to keep one that's not good enough. That now you become more high. Risk. Now you become high risk.
9: Yeah, and you'll be I have able to make
2: all the hormones that you need. You don't need to take any synthetic hormones.
9: Exactly. I, I thought. I, I thought. You know. If if I need if I should if I shouldn't need progesterone if it's a pregnancy that's viable my my body will do it uh, what it needs and I went on it and it it made me crazy it made me feel horrible um, and yeah. and you know it, it didn't make a difference my body knew
2: exactly your body said excuse me we're overriding this message
9: yep yep yeah. And I, I look
0: so, the, the idea of all of you know, these things. A,
2: a, a female rabbit can actually reabsorb the babies up to mm-hmm. 24 hours before she gives birth if her body decides that it's, that it's an unsafe wow. situation. Wow. So that's the last thing. I'm sure that your situation is safe. But think about that, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That your body wants and needs now in a particular way safety
9: hmm. i i you've given me a, a lot of a, a lot to think about and really um a, a fresh perspective that i i really needed
2: and well all i ask in return is you send me a baby picture that i can put on my refrigerator
9: I will do that.
2: Wonderful. Thank you so much. Be blessing.
9: Thank you, Susan. All right. Thank you.
4: All right. And we have three callers that have pressed one to signal that they have a question for Susan this evening. Our next caller is calling from the 917 area code. From the 917, you are live with Susan.
10: Hello?
2: Hi. Hi, Susan. How are you? I am well, and you?
10: I am well. I'm actually also pregnant and had a couple of questions um, about some some interactions and safeties with um, some of the herbs that I've been using that I'd like to continue to use, yes. Um, so I just entered the second trimester on Sunday, and my sciatica, which always got pretty bad toward my period, um, kind of got steadily worse. Uh, today it feels pretty good because I did a lot of work work on it the other you know the last few days. But um, I was wondering if you think St. John's Wort tincture is still safe to use?
2: Absolutely.
10: Okay. Um, and even is as a there, food
2: preventative. Hang on just a second. Is there any food that you would not eat?
6: I've been, avoiding
10: the mint, I've been avoiding the mint family a little bit in the first trimester, but mm-hmm. other than that, um, not really.
2: So, my experience over the past 50 years is that if you use herbal medicine, it's completely safe while you're pregnant. But if you use herbal supplements, they are never safe. Right. Right. Do you understand what I'm talking about, the difference? Oh, definitely. You're talking about the tincture of Hypericum Perforatum in vodka, taken as a tincture, yes? Yes. You're not talking about powdered Hypericum in a capsule. Right. Which would not be safe for you to take while you're pregnant. Right. Because it's not safe for anybody to take, Right.
10: I'm sorry I missed that one more time
2: because it's not safe for anyone to take
10: oh exactly no, not at all <laughs> it's dried in the capsule. yes yeah.
2: right so right so yes it's not safe while you're pregnant it's not safe okay. <laughs> okay. and if if what you're doing is drinking nourishing herbal infusions herbal teas using tinctures in 100 proof vodka that you've used in the past and you know vinegars oils those are all perfectly safe to use while you're pregnant okay in fact okay. <laughs> they're safer than prenatal vitamins
10: yes yes i uh i just got my levels back and i, I was i'm completely like all my levels are great except my vitamin d um which was actually one of my other questions. Do
2: um, you use much olive oil?
10: I do. I actually started using more the last month or so. Olive oil
2: masks the vitamin D in your blood. If you use a lot of olive oil, your vitamin D results, blood results are going to come back like you have none.
10: Ah, okay. I don't think I use that much. When I say I, I've been using more, I mean a tablespoon or so a week. <laughs> I prefer butter. Um but okay. Okay. that's good to keep in mind.
2: So the other thing is that vitamin D supplementation does not seem to confer any benefits. Okay. We've been studying vitamin D really thoroughly over the past 10 years, and every single study has come back empty-handed. Yes. I, in fact, myself participated in the vital study, which was the largest study of vitamin D in healthy adults ever undertaken. All right, Uh, 25% of us got vitamin D and a placebo, 25% got fish oil and a placebo, 25% got two placebos, and 25% got fish oil and vitamin D. Mm -hmm. And um, basically didn't do a thing.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, So I think think that if you're low in vitamin D that you can just... um, it's a little late in the year to make much vitamin D from the sun. Where do you live?
10: I live in the Catskills.
2: In the Catskills, yeah. Um, so we're just past Equinox. But the next time it's sunny, you know, get some get some rays and think about it. I am of the opinion that it's the production of the vitamin D. That is what gives us health rather than the actual substance.
10: I agree. My OB asked me to take vitamin D, and I just wanted to ask you if you had any um, herbal remedies. Take incentive. some mushrooms,
2: put them in the yes. sun, and they will produce vitamin D. Yes. You can take cod liver oil, but the difficulty with cod liver oil is it contains vitamin A, and vitamin A causes birth defects. Right. Okay. So you're starting at a relationship by Doing something somebody else wants you to do that you don't much want to do?
10: Oh I have not, um I have not taken any. That's I just want I, okay.
2: knowing so my level I want to that. What did you, to what did you say it. to this
10: Um I told her I would look into it. Um in okay. that,
2: yeah. that's reasonably neutral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um I, one of the things that I find and it's true about general health, but it's especially true about Pregnant health is the more often you interface with the medical profession, the worse the outcome. Right. <laughs> well I remember the last time I was pregnant. Okay, thirty years ago,
7: <laughs> and
2: I called up um, Anne Fry, the author of uh, Blood Work during the Childbearing Year, and I mm-hmm. said, "I'm pregnant, Anne. What blood work do I need?" And she said, "Absolutely none. Stay that away." from letting anybody look at your blood.
10: Okay. It's
2: a 500-page book.
10: Okay. Could you repeat the name of the book?
2: Blood Work for the Childbearing Year. She was my sister's midwifery partner, Anne, A-N-N-E, F-R-Y-E, Fry. Anne Fry. I don't know if it's still in print. But what she told me was, you're a healthy woman, do not let them look at your blood.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: There's no reason. Yeah. So, you sound like a healthy woman to me. Perhaps I'm making a mistake, but I don't think so.
10: No, I, I've been drinking Nourishing Herbal Infusions for about eight years. Um, yeah. I feel pretty healthy. So, yeah. I think I think you're right, yes. Okay.
2: Um, well, because really, that, what does looking into it mean?
10: You're looking for something to be wrong, basically.
2: You're looking for right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you know if something's wrong.
10: Oh, definitely, yeah.
2: You don't need an ultrasound or blood test to find that out. Right. You know, a, a, one of the most alarming things to me when I was working on Abundantly Well was the fact that ultrasounds are now like given out like lollipops to pregnant women and the evidence for ultrasound being causative for spectrum disorders
4: is huge. Oh wow.
2: Well think about it. There's your baby floating around in this fluid and here come sound waves. What do sound waves do to fluid? Um, They move it and it moves mm -hmm. your baby's brain. Mm. Yeah. And it's just being used for curiosity's sake. Right. In many European countries, ultrasound is only allowed for diagnostic's sake if there's something wrong and never in a healthy pregnancy.
10: Oh, wow. Do you happen to know any midwives um, who practice without ultrasound? Like the whole way through.
2: You're telling me that your midwife requires you to have more than one oh, ultrasound?
10: No. no, no, no. She only wants to do one at the twentieth huh. week. I Let was just stop wondering. It. Yeah.
2: Let it, let's, okay. let's stop at that because, believe me, that's not the norm these days.
10: Oh yeah, no, she's. Um, she. I think she's great. I was just wondering if you knew any who, didn't even require a referral.
2: Your referral. I'm sure you understand. It's an insurance nightmare.
10: Of course. Yes. Um, okay. Um, if, so no if matter I have, who I
2: know, I'm not telling. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. I understand. Okay. Sorry. Okay. No, I understand. Um, um, <laughs> you know, my 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 friend Michael Tierra um, was asked by one of his students to uh, give her contact information for the midwife his wife had used, and he refused to. And she kept at him and kept at him and kept at him until finally he did. And she had a really difficult birth, and she was far out in the woods. By the time they got her transferred to the hospital, the twins were both dead, and her parents sued, and the insurance company oh. came after Michael.
10: Oh, God.
2: Because he made the referral. Right. It's a nightmare. That's,
10: yes. No, I understand.
2: You simply can't. I All right We've talked a long time I've really enjoyed Speaking with you Welcome to call back Anytime you want to
10: Okay Thank you Susan
2: Blessings Good night
10: Great blessings.
4: All right And we have four callers That have pressed one To queue in with a question Our next caller This evening Is calling from the 716 area code From the 716 You are live with Susan Hello.
5: Hi. Hi. So, um, I um, recently discovered that um, I have a a severe cataract in my right eye, and that Mm -hmm. like when I look at the eye chart, I can't even see the big E. Mm. uh, So, yeah. And it's just, I was diagnosed with them a few years ago and I didn't really think that about I could do something to reverse them. And uh, so now with doing COVID and not going to the doctor because of COVID and all of that, um, I, I was just wondering, uh, I've been reading about the cataract surgery and it
2: sounds a little
5: risky. And I was wondering if there's anything natural Really, do. I'm
2: very interested. I have known lots of people who've had cataract surgery, including my mom. And their reports have been <laughs> exclusively, um, wow, my mom said it gave her the best sight she ever had in her life. And her only regret was that she waited. Yeah. Okay. So, what what are the risks?
5: Um, I was just reading some things about, you know, sometimes the lenses
2: feel like there's
5: grains underneath there, or you know, there's irritation in the eye, or the cataract and comes back. Ha- and then, what what
2: happens? What happens if it, if that if that goes on? Or perhaps more to the point, is this something that you're evoking and calling forth? Or do you have a different image that you might use?
5: Oh, good point. Um, I would use the image of what I was originally thinking before I started looking on the Internet, and that was that this is going to clear up my eye and I'm going to have my eyesight back.
2: Yeah, I like that. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs)
5: <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the only place where I do that backwards thing. Uh, you know. What I don't <laughs> want, what I do
2: want. It's good to be aware of risks so we can protect ourselves. Absolutely. For sure. Okay. And and pretty easily because of the way our minds operate get sucked into needless worry. Now that is redundant because all worry is needless.
0: <laughs>
2: right? I was reading this article by a botanist who was really so upset, and I mean deeply upset, that people thought plants had consciousness. He says, don't get me wrong, I love plants, I spend all my time with plants. He says, but they're not conscious. What are these people talking about? He says, there is no way that there's any structure in a plant that's anything like a nervous system or a brain. And besides which, why do you need a nervous system or a brain? You need it so that you can't run away from being food and you can run to where there is... You need that nervous system and that brain to avoid being dinner and to find dinner, but plants don't need a brain or a nervous system because dinner comes to them from the sun, and they can't run away, they're just going to be eaten. so you see it would be needless for them to worry, and I thought it doesn't matter if you have a brain worry is needless okay right you're 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 not any more likely than the plant to avoid danger by worrying about it. Careful planning, that's different. What foods are good for my eyes? What do I want to do before the surgery? In what way do I want to protect myself? Do I want to do something from call on guardian angels, to have somebody rub arnica on my feet, to have a certain song played in the operating room. What What do you want? It's, okay. your, it, it's your initiation. It's your deep medicine. The more symbolic you make it, the more you'll get, right? The
5: more symbolic?
2: The more symbolic make it, yeah. The white-coated okay. shamans are going to take out your old eyes and give you new eyes. I mean,
5: whoa. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, it's pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. 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 It funny how, do you want,
2: how do you want your seeing to change? You said you want it to be clearer. That's good. That's a good goal, right? Yeah. Because yeah. your body wants to do what you want it to do. And if what you say is, wow, I want this to help me see clearer, your body's very happy to help you do that. Okay. All right.
5: Uh, it's fantastic, and I can apply it to many areas of my life right now. So thank you so much, Susan.
2: All right. Would you do me a favor and call us back after the surgery and let us know how you're doing? I will. I will. Thank you. Thank you. Good
5: you. night. Blessings to you.
4: All right, and there are three callers in the queue with questions. The next caller is calling from the 907 area code. From the 907, you are live with
5: Susan.
0: <laughs> hey, Susan. Ah, Last month was uh, allergy month, and it's been been re- getting really cold. So the wood stove is going, and I've been dealing with a dry throat and I'm just looking for something to soothe the dryness. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you keep a open pan of water on the wood stove?
0: i do okay i I don't think I it's find enough. that when
2: I find that when my wood stove is going twenty four hours a day, I will usually boil off about ten gallons of water a day.
0: Okay, 10 gallons. Okay. I'm putting a lot
2: of water into the air. I have a big open pan. So much so that if I want to use the wood stove to cook, I have to take it off.
0: Okay. I don't, I, yeah, that's all right. I don't have exactly 10 gallons, but I, that's.
2: Well, I don't have 10 gallons at once. The pan probably holds like two or three gallons, and we refill it several times a day.
0: Oh, okay. I got you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Right. So the ultimately over the course of 24 hours. When the stove is on, all day long. Of course, at these times often we're making a fire and then letting it go out and making a fire. In fact, really, um, because we know that the way to stay healthiest in the winter is to get cold right now, the absolute truth of the matter is that it's extraordinarily rare for us to make a fire before Thanksgiving, and often we don't do it until solstice. Basically, the fires that we make are simply to preserve the plumbing because we want to get as cold as possible now.
0: Okay. Oh, I see. Yeah, well, it was like 18, and... I'm,
2: well, then you have to put it on for the plumbing.
0: You know what? That's I what don't thing. have plumbing. You have, to make I have a fire no plumbing. To keep
2: the plumbing from freezing.
0: <laughs> no plumbing in this house.
2: It's one of those. Plenty of people people who lived here in the Catskills spent winters that were a lot colder than that without without a wood fire overnight. It was interesting, you know, the stories of waking up with icicles coming from the ceiling. (laughs) So uh, yeah, yeah, and if it's eighteen outside, you know, body heat keeps the interior temperature a lot warmer.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: you saw a squash or a couple of sweet potatoes in the oven. You bake them at 400 for an hour, turn the oven off, and then you leave that oven door open. You'd be surprised at how much heat gain you can get. Yeah, that's, that, that that works. And yeah, plus, you know, it's,
0: it's the wood, you know. I'm trying to yeah, have to conserve now, too, with the wood. So, because you need, the, you know, in the winter when it's like 30 below.
2: Yeah. Then you're going to really need it. So that's step one to get more stuff into the atmosphere. You're rotating through the five nourishing herbal infusions, including comfrey, leaf, and linden? Yes. You might see if it helps you to have comfrey and or linden hot with honey.
0: Okay, that's a question.
2: When my throat can... is really was really sore and dry and I have to teach, I take honey by the spoonful. Because okay. it's immediately hydrating to the throat. And it's antibacterial. So it's an okay. ideal thing. I have some special honeys that I've gotten as I've traveled. About the world, some black honey from Jamaica, some pine honey from France, some um, just, you know, special honey. And depending on what's going on, I'll take, you know, not a big spoonful, a little spoonful
0: mm-hmm. of
2: honey. Mm-hmm. Just let it linger in my mouth. And, of course, you can mix that honey with sippery elm and make a cypri elm lozenge. There's a YouTube of me making cypri elm balls, and there's a YouTube of Monica Jean making sippery balls. And you can make the slippery elm balls about the size of a macadamia nut, so you can stick it in your cheek pouch like a chipmunk and let it slowly dissolve over a period of 15 to 20 minutes. And that is, in fact, um, a use for slippery elm that is still kind of extant. Like you can go to a regular drugstore and get slippery elm throat lozenges. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. I rather make them. I don't like what's in those.
2: Oh uh, yes, yeah, steric acid and all that. Stuff we don't <laughs> hey, but what I'm saying is, there's not a lot of herbal remedies you can still get at drugstores.
0: Hmm.
2: Like witch hazel, valerian, psyllium seed, right? <laughs> right. So li- literally a handful. Right. But but you can get slippery elm throat lozenges. So those are some things to help with your throat. And you had a question about comfrey or or, l- or linden.
0: Um, heating it. I thought once you, you make your, um, infusion and then it's in the refrigerator, you don't, you just drink it that way. I I never thought of heating it up. Why on
2: earth couldn't you heat it? What what harm could possibly come to it by being heated again?
0: I just never thought of doing it.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, I have my infusion heated whenever I want it heated. And when we were recording our CD, it's time we drank gallons of hot comfrey with honey and hot linden with honey. it's much more soothing to the throat when it's hot.
0: Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah. That sounds good. That sounds good because this this has been, you know, and then on top of talking to so many people, the, the throat is like overtaxed. And yelling for animals, you know, and you know, you know what I'm talking
2: about. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, (laughs) mm-hmm. You might also be at a time in your life where things are changing in your throat chakra. Ooh. And ways that you spoke or didn't speak previously need upgrading.
0: You're right. I'm turning into a real bitch, and I'm not taking people's shit anymore. hmm And I'm liking it. Yeah. It's time. You're right. It's time. It's time. So. You're welcome. <laughs> and have a wonderful day. Evening.
2: All right.
0: Green blessings. Good night. Green blessings. Good night. All right.
4: And there are three callers that have pressed one to signal that they have a question. Our next caller is calling from the 919 area code. From the 919, you are live with Susan. Hello. Hi.
3: Hi, Susan. This is amazing to talk to you. Um, My name is Brooke. Brooke and basically I'm calling because my face is, like, red all the time. People tell me, oh, my gosh, you got you look like you got some sun today or sunburned or whatever, and I'm not. And I also, I don't have horrible acne, but I will have kind of cyclical flare-ups, but it doesn't necessarily coincide with my moon or anything. Um, and then occasionally I'll get this, like, what I think is a rash on the bridge of my nose, kind of in between my eyebrows, um, it's not really pimples or acne, it's like tiny little bumps that are really itchy and like a rash. Um, and I try to eat really well. Um, I, I tried to do like a little like refined sugar cleanse last week to see if that would help and I don't know, I'm just wondering if you have advice what is, on... What is a
2: refined, What is a refined sugar cleanse mean?
3: Well, I tried not to eat any sugar besides uh, honey, basically. I didn't eat any sugar besides honey or what was in, like, fruit that I was eating.
2: Uh-huh. And I, I, how did, did that make a big change in your diet? Do you usually eat a lot of white sugar? No,
3: I don't usually eat a lot. Basically, sometimes I'll have cravings and I'll eat some. Um, uh. Some weeks are worse worse than others. But usually, mm-hmm. I'm not, because I don't buy a lot of white sugar, it'll be like, okay, if they have cookies at work, I'll eat, you know, a couple cookies. Um right. Yeah. So
2: we not, not you didn't make a major change. Yeah. And the fruit that you're talking about eating, in general, how are you eating that fruit? Is it cooked, raw, frozen?
3: So, to be honest, I don't eat a ton of fruit. Um, sometimes I will stew apples, and most of the time I will just have some dried fruit in my oatmeal in the morning. Oh, and then
2: I also... I that eat pretty like good to meal. me. So, so, basically, you don't eat a lot of sugar. I don't and eat a lot of sugar. You don't, you don't eat either from fruit or from white sugar. And you eliminated the white sugar from your diet by not eating the occasional cookie. And nothing changed which we would kind of expect, right? Yeah. Because it's not because it's not really much of a change. So yeah. you've probably heard me talking about nourishing herbal infusions. Are you drinking what nourishing you herbal? Drink? Infusions? I Are you drink drinking them? nourishing herbal infusions? You are, okay. And
3: mm-hmm. But I don't uh, drink uh Linden. I drink the other four. I don't drink Linden because I dislike it. But I should add it back in.
2: And you dislike it because of the texture? Yes. <laughs> what I want you to do is order it from Frontier instead of Mountain Rose. Oh. Because from Frontier, you can get whole linden, and it is a wonderful consistency. Mountain Rose insists on selling it, only cut, and so you get slime.
3: Mm, Okay. Now,
2: you can also deal with that slime if you have a bunch from Mountain Rose and you do want to use it. You can deal with that slime in a variety of ways. The most direct way is what we were just talking about, heat it up. Put it in a pan and heat it up. Stick a spoon of honey in it and drink it. It's not the least bit slimy when it's hot. Okay, I'll try that. It just slimy because it's cold. Oh. Or water it down with something that's extremely unslimy, like grapefruit juice.
3: Like what juice?
2: Grapefruit.
3: Oh, grapefruit. Okay.
2: Right, like grapefruit juice is unslimy, right?
3: Yeah, Super, like, Yeah, it's for,
2: like but... yeah. Right, so you put something that's the opposite in there with it so that okay. your mouth has both of those because linden is yes, really important because it's such a powerful anti-inflammatory Okay Okay, so uh, you eat Besides the sugar, you don't eat. You do eat what?
0: So
3: I eat the same breakfast every morning, oats and an egg and grass-fed butter. And I drink – I mean, I eat – I try to eat my vegetables really well-cooked, like you say, too. So, I, you know, I try to eat, you know, 45 minutes cooked on my dark leafy greens – I do eat at work most of the
2: time. I work at a retreat, so it's delicious. Minutes um, 45 but, minutes cook is really shy in it. Okay. 60 minutes minimum, two hours better. Okay.
3: So I really got to, like, put them on in the morning. a room. lot so at good. once
2: and stick some in the freezer. Okay. I find that cooked green steak good for me to eat in the refrigerator for at least seven days. So I like to make about a two-week supply at once. That encourages me to cook it. And then I keep out what I think I'm going to eat during the week, and the rest I freeze in convenient sizes for me to take out and have to eat. Some of them are double servings for me and my sweetheart. Sometimes there's four servings so that we can thaw a package and have it two days in a row or every other day.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. And of course you get more nutrition from your greens if they're cooked and then frozen and then thawed and eaten. Oh, okay. Remember, the more they're cooked, the more nutrition you will get.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm getting, I'm trying to get better at my meal planning,
5: I guess. Um, Yeah. And then I would
2: set aside aside um, a couple of hours on a day when you have time to cook a lot of things for yourself. So open the refrigerator. It's not a bunch of raw food, but a bunch of cooked food. It's not, oh, gosh, what should I cook? But, wow, I have so many things to choose from to eat.
3: Mm. And you think that might kind of help with, I guess maybe it's inflammation that's making my skin it's
2: so very much time. inflammation that we're talking about here. So burdock root is one of the queens to help those whose skin is inflamed. Mm. And you can make a burdock root infusion. I would use two ounces of burdock root to a quart, fill it at the top of boiling water, let it sit for at least four hours or overnight, and then drink that by the sip going for, oh, you know, at least three or four sips a day. And if you'd like it, you can drink more. The idea being to consume that quart of burdock root infusion probably over the course of six or seven days. And then leaving the burdock root in the jar but if it's been in the refrigerator, letting it come to room temperature so you don't break the cone jar when you pour more boiling water in it, you can mm. re-brew the root. Now you'll need to take it by the half cupful, because okay. the rebrew is far more dilute. And when you've done that, um, then you can start all new jars. Okay. Okay, good. I can do that. Said to work slowly but surely. And that those who ask Burdock, and I see Burdock as a biker babe, you know, she is just always getting into trouble. <laughs> and that those who ask Burdock for help must be patient. Okay. That she never refuses, but that she does it in her own time and in her own way.
3: Okay. That sounds good. Thank you.
8: Um, You're welcome. It, do
3: you ever do you ever recommend um, elimination diets like Whole 30, where the end goal is to slowly reintroduce foods?
2: I don't think that your skin problem has to do with a specific food. Okay. I find that elimination diets. Open the door to food foibles. And food foibles are easy to come by and very hard to get rid of. Okay. So let's assume that you're drinking nourishing herbal infusions. You're adding burdock in addition to your nourishing herbal infusions, you're eating a broad diet of good food and well-cooked food, and that your body is sending you messages that are not lies and that do not need to be gotten rid of.
7: Mm. Okay. Hmm. And
2: over- right? Right. So if we were to, to speak symbolically about what was happening, we might say, something is in your face. There's something you are facing now. Is there a false face somewhere? What do we need to face up to? we play around with it, right? Hmm. Okay, I'll think on that. (laughs) Um, Two more than think on it. Just allow yourself to play with it because thinking implies there's some right answer and playing with Mm. it allows you to explore with curiosity the multifaceted being that is you. Okay, I'll play with it. I like that. Okay, good. Thank you. Dream (gasps) blessings. Good night. Good night. Oops, is there, was there something else?
3: I was just curious, real quick. Um, over, so I should be patient with the burdock. Should I be looking for any um, change over a certain amount of time, like that you would recommend?
2: Like how long? I think that when you play around with okay. this symbolically that there will be an aha. And when you come to that aha, that in itself will tell you when there will be a change.
3: Okay. Great. Thank you, Susan. Good night.
2: Welcome. Green blessings. Good night.
4: All right, and we have about 15 minutes before our guest joins us this evening, and there are two callers on the line. The next caller is calling from the 202 area code. From the 202, you are live with
11: Susan. Hi, Susan. This is Gabi. Um, I'm calling to ask for some herbal and story wisdom surrounding pinworms. I've uh, I found a few in the last few days and have been just really shocked by how emotionally, emotionally distressed it's gotten me um, and I feel like I'm telling myself all these stories and I'm feeling it in my body like for example I feel like itchy throughout the day all over my skin and I feel I, I really think I'm just like get, kind of getting carried away in some some sort of anxieties and fears and I'm, I'm wondering what a what herbal advice you have around this and if and when there is a time to consider prescription like antiparasitics, and when that would be.
2: I think that there are few things worse than the feeling of having pinworms. It makes one want to run screaming down the street. I was put to sleep in a bed that a child with pinworms had inhabited, so I got pinworms. And I was told that taking this very strong aloe would get rid of them. It did. I had a bowel movement that had me doubled over and screaming in pain for an hour and I evacuated all of those pinworms. It was awful. Herbs that can kill, can kill. This is where we want the laboratory, isn't it? Let's take the herb, and instead of taking an herb that has dozens of poisons in it, let's just choose one of them and turn it into a drug so that we can just kill one thing. Of course there are times when drugs are the best option. Mm -hmm. And certainly I think that parasites is one of those times. Meanwhile, you also need hysterical hygiene. Because those eggs are everywhere. You need to wash everything, Mm -hmm. sheets, towels, pillowcases, blankets, Mm
7: -hmm.
2: pants, underwear, hot, hot, hot water as you can possibly dry it in the sun, dry it in the sun, vinegar rinse before you dry it in the sun. Okay. Don't share glasses, don't share plates, don't share eating utensils until you've totally gotten it under control. And after you take a drug, after you take something that's going to have an impact on your liver, do something nice for your liver. Take some burdock, take some tandelion, take mm-hmm. any one of the adaptogens that's good for the liver. There's lots of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You don't need to do it for a long time, and there's probably none of the stuff still in your liver. But it's nice to be nice to your liver when you've asked to get to work extra hard. Yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, congratulations for not running screaming down the street. Thank you.
11: You're welcome. <laughs> only, I've, on, I've only found a few so far, but yeah,
2: thank you. Good. Okay. <laughs> Bad enough. Yeah. Good night. Yeah. Good night.
4: All right. And we have one more caller this evening. This caller is calling from the 845 area code. From the 845, you are live.
8: with. Hi, Susan. Uh, Is this me? Hi. Hi. I have a question about seasonal allergies. I'm living out in the southwest, and the sagebrush is blooming right now. And I spend all my days outside and... um, it seems that this year I've, had, I've started having really bad allergies to them, and I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for for support in how to deal with it. I've, I've been wearing a mask all day every day, which seems to help, and I've been drinking my nourishing herbal infusions like usual, and I've been taking some OSHA tincture. So those all seem to help, but uh, it doesn't really seem like a sustainable plan to be wearing masks all day every day. Um, Yeah, I don't know if you have any wisdom on that.
2: I'm wondering how the short-term bloom of Artemisia tridentata translates into wearing a mask all day, every day.
8: Hmm, like you don't think that's
2: helpful? I don't think it's all day, every day for the rest of your life. I think it's for a couple of weeks. Okay. We're talking about one plant. Yeah. Artemisia tridentata. Artemesias are wind pollinated plants. Yeah. So what's annoying you is the male pollen, mm-hmm. which is being produced in copious amounts. And there's a lot of sagebrush. Yeah. We're not talking about the occasional plant. We're talking about a plant that in some places constitutes, what, like 50% of the biomass, right?
8: Right, yes, as far as the eye can see here.
2: Right. But it doesn't bloom forever. Okay. And you've been living there how long now?
8: Um, This is going on my third year.
2: Third year. And you think that it's getting worse.
8: Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely didn't know that. What feel other people, people have well told me they have
2: done is they figure out what the male flowers are, which are the ones that are producing pollen, and there's a difference between the male flowers and the female flowers, and in the compositae, um, they're not necessarily on separate plants. So find out okay. all you can about what's going on there and make a picture. That includes the male parts. And then okay. next year, you start taking a couple drops of that tincture before the sagebrush starts to bloom. Okay. So you make it now, Wait. and then it's ready for you next year to to your body. Hey, remember this? Guess what? This is going to happen again. Let's not freak out.
7: Okay,
8: great. And would you think, like, a couple weeks ahead of time? or
2: um... You know, I don't have this reaction, and people yes. have told me different amounts of time, so I'm going to believe that what's actually going on is that different people's bodies have different needs for different amounts of it. Right, right that some people uh, need a long wind-up, like, okay, it's coming, it'll be here in a month. And others do just fine if they say, hey, it'll be here next week.
8: Right, right.
2: And you probably know more about yourself than I do in terms of what kind of advance notice you need, yeah. like a, you know, I, I, ha, I have somebody who helps me do by reminding me that I'm to do things, and it doesn't work for me if I'm reminded too far in advance. Yeah.
8: Yeah, yeah that's interesting. I flew, I, I was gone until a couple of weeks ago, and I kind of jumped, flew back into town and jumped into the middle of the um, blooming so that could also be maybe why it's so much worse this year that I did my body didn't have the introduction to it
2: yes I think you're on okay. onto something there
8: okay great great I'll do that then that's helpful
2: wonderful okay green blessings thanks for your call all right
8: thank you Susan good night mm-hmm. good night
5: All right,
4: and it looks like that was the final caller. I do see our guest on the line.
2: Jonah Rue Roberts, an herbalist and soul guide who helps women become strong, resourced, resilient, and deep in conversation with mystery. She wants women to understand their soul niche in the world. She guides a year-long journey for women around the wheel of the year through the archetypes of maiden, mother, wild woman, and crone. She is three. Called the 13 moons, finding your medicine and your medal. She is both a fierce and a gentle force for guiding women into the underworld. For Earth, and for midwifing humans back into deep and magical reciprocity within the web of life. She also holds number of weekend one-off gatherings for women co-guides the Wild Woman Vision Quest in Vermont every summer. And co-guides... An eight-month immersion for men and women weaving the teachings of the Animas Valley Institute and Johanna Macy to help mature humans and awaken to our unique opportunities and responsibilities in this great journey. Her 10-acre herbal sanctuary in Unity, New Hampshire, is rich with medicine, teaching gardens and apothecary and is the home of her five-month herbal program, Sojourner's Well, which teaches women everything they need to begin a deep and personal interrelationship with the Green Nation. She also offers private mentoring and herbal apprenticeships, her upcoming maiden mother. Crone, I think she left out Circle, a monarch rite of passage is the beginning of her long-dreamed of passion to work with adolescent girls to deeply empower, as opposed to shallowly empower, I guess, and prepare them for the mystical and magical journey of wise womanhood. A very different story to the one fed our young women in this culture today welcome to the show do you go by jonah or jonah i go by joe or jonah hi joe hi i'm so glad that you are here with us thank Thank you you so much you um have been working with herbs and women what brought you to that
6: pregnancy, I would say, 26 years ago now, I became pregnant and immediately immersed myself in in herbs to take care of myself and prepare for birth, which was amazing journey since.
2: And that immersion in herbs continued then as you... Became a mother and helped your child.
6: Yes. So always wherever I lived, I would line my shelves with herbs and learn the ones around me wherever I was. And I finally took a. Once um, she was older, I took a three-year program with Michael Tierra to deepen into kind of differentiation in diagnosis and really understanding deeper patterns, um, because often the herb books would say, you know, this herb for that and this herb for that, but I really wanted to know kind of the, you know, the deeper patterns of, of things and how to help people,
2: yeah. And you have found that that has been successful for you?
6: Yeah, I yeah, I really, I d- dove into Chinese medicine with Michael Tierra through his three-year program, and that has been really profound in understanding, um, yeah, again, the deeper patterns to, to pathology and wellness.
0: hmm
2: So um, when you say a d- deeper pattern... Are we talking here about acute injury?
6: Um no, I would say more chronic
2: conditions, okay, so we're specifically yeah. talking about chronic yeah. conditions, yeah, I'd like to bring that out in people's minds because this deeper underlying issue stuff I think is confusing to people, mhm. And it had a lot of people think that there's some deeper underlying issue if they fall and get a bruise.
6: Oh, interesting, yeah.
2: Right, or if they get food poisoning, or if they have the occasional headache. Mm-hmm. Right. And certainly, we can symbolize and somatize anything at all. I'm certainly not against it. But I think that sometimes we look for... Uh, some underlying thing when there's no underlying thing at all. You're wet because you went outside. I with love that it, a-
6: yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I I certainly agree. <laughs> so, yeah, there's absolutely, you know, um, helping people to, to kind of lighten into being able to take care of themselves when there's just a, a small thing happening. Build them, yeah, body and
2: which, in, is, which is most of what we're actually going to be dealing with uh-huh. um, on, a, on a people's medicine level. Most of us are dealing with those day-to-day. You know, my son-in-law is up a ladder fixing something on the roof, and he knocks into a wasp nest, which is now stinging him in the face.
6: Uh-huh.
2: This is the kind of everyday occurrence that we all walk into, right?
6: Right, yeah.
2: Right, and he doesn't have to go to the hospital right. or call an ambulance because he knows plantain, and he can get yes. himself down the ladder and chew up plantain and put it all over his face yes. and lay down. What? Yes. Right? There's no yeah, underlying they- cause. I mean, okay, the underlying cause is he's an MAN, but we'll have to just let that go. <laughs>
5: what? Yeah. <laughs>
2: And it it's that time of the year when they're that they're most cranky. Yeah.
6: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so, so people do you to know? Deal, do
2: you then deal with a lot of people who have a lot of chronic problems?
6: Um, or who have chronic problems? Well, you know what I found was that I I was seeing a lot of people with chronic problems, and I was so curious about. Helping them see like the key to, or I was so curious to find the key for them that would kind of begin to orient them to um, to health. And so I've been on this journey through like shamanic work and craniosacral to like understanding like how to draw people into. Um, safety, you know, so the nervous system, you know, so many people are so, like, anxiety is like just a baseline for them, you know, and so dropping into patterns of health that will just shake out pathology. And I actually... um,
2: Beautiful
6: beautiful. I read or I listened
2: so happy to see this whole idea really gaining a lot of traction. The wisdom of trauma, the idea that the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous systems work against each other and that the vagus nerve is controlling everything from your skin yeah. to your gut to how you how right. you perceive the world.
5: Yeah.
2: That if we need any to look anywhere for any deep issue. That's probably where it is.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And and I remember um, r- listening to your Seven Rivers of Healing, right? Is that what it's called? Seven Rivers
2: of Healing, the Six Steps of Healing, and the Seven Medicines.
6: Yes, and I listened to it on repeat for like nine hours because it was, there's so much wisdom. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> So
2: good. Uh, Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, and isn't that the delight of it? To engage with another human being and to have done your work so well that whatever aspect of humanity they present Mm -hmm. to you, you already love it.
6: Yeah, and it's because it's so much more than, herbal medicine for me. You know, it's, it's just helping people to love themselves and to care deeply and to become back into relationship with nature. And those things are so missing in our culture as a whole. And so I, I just kept finding that, like, the spiritual work was, like, essential to even open the door for many people into caring for their
2: bodies with food and herbs. Yes. Yes. I I say that the wise woman tradition is about nourishment, and nourishment is certainly what you put in your mouth, but it is also simple ritual Yeah. and being heard.
6: Yes. Yeah, and again, time on the land, in the forest, connecting to the, the waters and the stream and the elements and just finding home again on earth. Oh.
2: Yeah. So it always surprises me that it that isn't I know. Part of herbal medicine because of course it is part of herbal medicine, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's it is root. it's not dandelion is a diuretic. That's not right, herbal medicine. Right. Herbal medicine is this plant here with this beautiful yellow flower loves you and it loves your yes. liver. If you will lay here and commune with it and then dig it up and put it into your body, magic will happen.
6: Yes.
2: That's herbal medicine.
6: I have found that relationship, this is what I do with Sojourner as well, is relationship with the living plants is profound. Like when we do plant journeys with the plant present right there, imbibing, feeling what it's doing in the body, and then it just opens the door for people.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I love seeing the their, their excitement and delight when that door opens.
6: Yeah, yeah. And understanding the body. I mean, how many young girls are taught about their bodies and understanding their cycles and understanding um you know when their when their tummy isn't feeling good it's just it is like you're saying so so simple really it's so simple and to open those doorways and access to people to be to, to trust their body wisdom and plants like that it's the, it is the people's medicine like people wait and wait and wait until a pathology grows and then they go to the doctor and it's all woo scary You know, they take a pill and, like, it's just, let's just kind of reel
2: that back, back into presence
6: and and earth medicine. Mm.
2: (laughs) Well, what it takes is exactly what you're doing, which is to spread the word.
5: Yeah. And
2: to let other people know so that they can take care of themselves and even take care of you. Yeah, and
0: experience
6: it themselves you know like yeah books are awesome but there's only so much kind of that they can receive without witnessing and feeling it
2: themselves and that's where the work that you do comes in that you mm-hmm. provide a safe space mm-hmm. where that can be experienced
6: right yeah and then it's so empowering you know, to have, to know which herbs help for, for those daily things, again, like you're talking about, and, and just kind of come back into balance easily, quickly, without suffering, you know, and like living, like and building this idea that there's something deeply
2: wrong. Hmm. I'd like to think that we come back into flexibility.
6: Flexibility, yeah.
2: Balance yeah. is very static.
6: Oh, you mean the word, the idea of the word balance being static? The whole idea of balance
2: it. makes it yeah, yeah. Think. I hear that. I hear that. There's it's like oh,
6: I balance. Yeah. should be
2: in where well, we are exactly balanced. Yeah. And you Eve, know what? Uh, E. O. Wilson says, after the Big Bang, everything was balanced, and if it had remained balanced, we wouldn't exist. Hmm. There was a perturbation,
6: Mm -hmm.
2: and that perturbation started the spiraling motion of the hydrogen which caused it to clump into stars. Balance is very overrated. Yes,
6: and you know what's been so amazing for me um, is James Green's, I don't know where it came from, but the transmission from Chiron. Have you read that? It's in the. I have. Oh my gosh! And so so Chiron is speaking to his students from the cave, and he's the centaur, and is talking about the curiosity of going to those edges, going to those perturbations, going to those extremes out of curiosity and exploration of life. And then, and then, seeing kind of any unease, and then deciding to pull back from that. But it's this exploration, and and the trust in in going to those edges, and then kind of finding your way back to to a harmony. It's so profound.
2: I, I so agree is, with you. Yeah, it's wondrous. Ch- Chiron is very much. Into herbs, the uh, the man who channeled Chiron interviewed me, and he told me that they weren't going to use the interview because I used a virtual background, uh-huh. and it's a green background. and It makes it look like there's a breeze, and my hair kind of wavers in and out of focus. <laughs> it's kind of a cool effect, but he didn't think it was up to his production standards, and so he wasn't going to use it. And Chiron said to said to him, "You better use that, or I'm not going to talk to you."
6: Oh, that's
2: awesome! <laughs> that is a real shaman, and her message needs to be heard. I'm like, you go, Chiron. <laughs> oh yes, that's
6: awesome.
2: Nice, and, nice to have help from the other side. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: But now, now I'm very
2: curious. You know that this this uh, deep green thing that that circles around. So it's not. An insignificant thing that you spend a lot of time. I think from reading your introduction in circles. Yes, a lot. Yes, talk talk about that. You know, it's it, if, to me there's a something that I feel deep inside myself because my life is being in circles of women, and I recognize that for many of those women, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience.
6: Mm. Mm. Yes, and I've noticed this. You know, you come together for a circle or for a year journey, and then you part ways, and I'm really um, visioning, like, uh. Um, something deeper, you know, and something that is more long-term and more like a temple, you know, like it just keeps coming up for me um, that we can kind of really re-knit the infrastructure of sacred society, you know, and to bring back those, those like, like I think of the soil a lot. The soil is so, that, that's mature, has so many pathways of microorganisms and richness, and in this culture, we've, we till and we break up that culture and we break up that culture, monocropping, and, and it's reflected in our society. And, and so what would it be like to, to develop long-term local place-based ceremony and raising of our young ones into um, kind of maturing through uh, these kind of developmental um, periods through the rites of passage into mature adulthood um, with uh, all of the ages kind of interweaving. You know, the, the, the crones, you know, being with the babies and the, the teens helping the mothers and the mothers being served and held. I mean, think about how isolated so many mothers are. It's like they're on their own. And the teens, the adolescents are on their own to, like, figure it all out themselves. And it just, we're abandoning them. We're abandoning them to, like, just go they through the fire on
2: their fi- own. They do not have to figure it out on their own. They have TikTok. They have YouTube. <laughs> they have, shall I go on? Um, Believe me, they are not figuring it out on their own, and that's part of the problem. Yeah. They would probably yeah. figure it out a lot better if they were on their own.
6: Yeah, well, the guidance from elders, like in community, just feels so important to me.
2: Mm-hmm. And did it when you were 14? It was a shit show.
6: It was a total shit show. You know, Did adolescent. you
2: want to hear from your grandmother when you were 14?
6: Not my
2: grandmother, but oh uh, actual elder grandmother who had, who you, you would have been, a, I don't know, maybe, maybe. I think it's a great idea. And it's certainly something that communities have. There are intentional communities that have created these kind of community rituals. They're in, you know, more or less good states throughout the United States. The largest such community was the Amana community in Idaho, Mm. the other one that makes appliances now. And they were large enough that even if someone... Uh, were incapacitated in some ways that the community could carry them and they could get their full share. And they did, you know, everything from raising sheep to spinning and dyeing the wool to making the cloth and sewing up the garments and making beds and chairs and all kinds of food. And they just totally took care of everything because they were Mm. a large community that Mm. could do that. And so did the Shakers. Yeah. Now, the Shakers... Kind of, you know, nix their own thing by right, being exactly. anti-sex. <laughs> right. Yeah. And what happened to the Amana uh, community was their uh, flour mill blew up and took most of the village with it. And that was it? That ended it for them? It ended the egalitarian, everybody gets a share no matter what you put in phase of it. The Communities, uh. so like they make appliances, but now you work for pay. Uh-huh.
6: Right, so and they use bad
2: bad to buy things. things.
6: Yeah. Well,
2: you know, I'm, I think I'm it's curious, I think,
6: though. I know that I you've think done.
2: That it's, I think that working for pay isn't capitalism. I think that capitalism is when you invest your capital in someone else's business. Hmm. When I finally got a little extra money and could invest, I did not like the choices that were available to me,
0: right?
2: And so I started looking around to see if there were any like kind of oddball things that I could do, and I found a few like green investment funds that were run by women,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and especially one called Pax, yeah. P A X, the Fund for uh-huh. Peace, and. Everybody was saying that you would be stupid to invest your money in these things because they certainly weren't going to make, you know, the kind of money that drugs and arms and gasoline were. But I wasn't alone, was I?
0: Mm.
2: When I chose to make those investments, thousands of other people did too. Mm-hmm. And capitalism allowed us to change things.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: Because we were able to take our money. Capitalism has allowed Melissa Gates to do extraordinary good in this world.
6: Uh Uh-huh. I have a question. I'm curious because I've understood that you've done moon lodges for years, correct?
2: About 35 years now.
6: Yeah, and so you must have seen, um, you know, girls become mothers and and they bring their girls, and, and what what has that been like for you? Like, what have you seen over that long of a period?
2: What I see at every moon launch. Is what happens for women when they are heard, Mm -hmm. when they are witnessed, when they are acknowledged, Mm -hmm. when they are respected as Mm -hmm. truth-tellers and Questioningly. Mm. Sometimes women don't come to the Moon Lodge until they're old. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yes, there's a few who've come and gotten pregnant and their daughters are at Moon Lodge. They don't say much, the daughters, my moon lodge, following my autistic leanings is the same every time. Mhm. We sing the same songs, we dance the same dances, and then we sit and we pass a talking stick around, Mhm. And then we sing a couple of more songs, and we've walked to where we sit on the ground singing, and we get up in the dark, if it's dark, and we walk back singing. Mm-hmm. But, of course, what changes is what each woman says.
6: Right.
2: What each woman brings there.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's always the same, but always totally different.
6: hmm I'm curious if you've noticed trends shifts over those decades
2: because I'm listening closely to the individual women and being present with them, mhm. And also asking of myself that I forget what I heard appropriately. It's not a question I could answer. Mm. Because I couldn't even tell you what women were talking about at Moon Lodge last Friday.
6: Right.
2: <laughs> it's not wise for me to remember. Hmm. at Moon Lodge stays at Moon Lodge for everyone.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. And just the stories of our lives and the stories of our lives are always the same. Mm. There's an apprentice once who kept telling me something terrible, awful had happened to her. And she wouldn't tell me what it was, and finally I said to her, okay, you're going to have to leave then because I just cannot even work with you if you're just going to hint that this awful thing happened, but you won't tell me. Mm-hmm. She said, all right, all right, I'll tell you. And what had happened was her boyfriend, and they had been living together for three years, had broken up with her and six months later started dating her best friend. And I looked at her and I said, go on. And she said, what do you mean go on? I said, I'm waiting for the terrible thing to happen.
6: <laughs> right?
2: Right? And she looked at me and burst into tears, and she said, Don't you think the way he behaved was terrible? I said, Not in the least. So, it's the stories of our lives.
6: Mm
2: -hmm. And when we get to hear other women's stories, we know that boyfriends who leave us and take up with our best friend are the norm. Mm -hmm. Do you find it easy to get teenage girls to come to the... Do you call them retreats that you do?
6: They... I am working with older women, early 20s and older,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
6: because I feel like that age um, is, is turning around and looking at, like, what is what is missing, what they're longing for. I, the, the teenage girls, I think, are not even looking for that yet. They're not aware. They're so inundated with so much information and their peer groups and such at this time, you know, that they're... Yeah, I haven't begun working with them. This January, we are starting a circle for maidens and their mothers. You know, young women who are in adolescence, um, and it's but it's the mothers, you know, that are bringing them in to Got have it. that safe space. Yeah, to to open yeah. open what's happening for them, you know, and orient them to to entry into womanhood. You know, in a way that's, Heard like you're saying, really deeply heard and um, grounded, and knowing, understanding their bodies and understanding their sovereignty and their sexuality, and so that they have a little more resource when in the in the throws and the melee of kingdom, you know, and all the influences and pulls that they're experiencing and pressures, and so yeah, that starts in January. Let's
2: say these, the the. Circle of Women is a safe space. That's the last um, of the songs that we sing. In the womb, I feel the heartbeat of my mother. In the Mm. womb, I feel protected and safe. Mm. Before we have to say goodbye, let people know how they can get in touch with you, please.
6: Um, My website is a good one, com. J O N A H R U H Roberts dot com or Unity Mountain Herbs. Um, that's the best way. All my contact info, like all my programs, are on there, and or some of them anyway. And uh, yeah, I love talking with people, so I always offer, you know, a call for people to just kind of hear them where they're at, what they're longing for, what they're seeking, and and um, yeah, and see what I can offer.
2: Thank you. What an easy way to get in touch with you. Jonah Rue Roberts, Jonah with H, Rue with an H, and Roberts like it sounds, yep. and there you are. Fantastic. Thank you so much. So me. we have come to the end of our allotted time, uh, and we don't get to change that. So I want to ask you what do you want to leave in the hearts and the minds of everyone who's listening.
6: I would say listen to your heart and find ways to deeply ground in nature and nurture. And, yeah, listen to the stirrings of soul and find people that have those resonances and ways to deepen that conversation with mystery. And believe. Believe in those soul stirrings. Yeah, believe in the gifts that you're being asked
2: to cultivate yeah give nature a chance and she'll convince you that you are her favorite child
6: yeah
2: (laughs) yeah because you are Mm -hmm. she she put a praying mantis on my deck the other day to play with me
6: aw beautiful nice
2: big one she's going to overwinter while she was fat I hope she found a secure place yeah. Jonah Roo, thank you so much, you so much for helping to reweave the healing cloak of the ancients yeah. and for seeing to it that maiden, mother, and crone uh, are woven in uh, to that web, to that circle and that spiral, to that um, deepening and expanding and finding um, that heart-centered and wound-centered truth of their psyches and their bodies. Your work is important and vital. Thank you so much. And thank you and thanks, Sarah Ellen and Justine and everybody else for helping me to restore herbal medicine to its rightful place at People's Medicine Green blessings and good night, everybody.
6: All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye
2: Bye-bye.